Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. And one of those people is Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. We talk to him every Friday. We talk about Saints and Pelicans and anything else that might be on his mind. Before we go any further, let me just say welcome back and hope you're doing well, Jeff. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, great weather this week in uh, New Orleans throughout the Gulf Coast. Uh so it's uh, it, it almost feels like spring already. It does. It does. And my son Jordan and I have been doing a little bit of fishing and starting to catch a few fish. Nice. Which, uh, that means, you know, the rain has settled down and we're getting the salinities back to where it needs to be and and so on. You see over my shoulder, incidentally, for the Facebook and YouTube audience, you see this. I've stayed in sort of the – this is the studio I use for – for uh super talk outdoors kind of stayed in this mode because i had this flag from ukraine that i posted and uh you know i I may or may not keep that next week but i'll probably get back to my coast view backdrop next week but you know in my recent conversation with james o'burn our friend who lives in france one of the things he pointed out as macron and others were doing everything in their power to try to avoid this this incredible slaughter that we're observing over in ukraine as we speak was the thing that made it so powerful to him is that you know it was on you know it was on the european you know land i mean it, you know it, right. it, this is if you if you were in america you could take a quick drive you know relatively speaking to where this war is taking place <clears throat> and it's been hard to watch hasn't it jeff yeah i mean it really puts everything into perspective here um just how serious it is first really uh, escalated conflict like this in my lifetime, I think. So yeah. uh, it's very serious stuff. And um, yeah, obviously everyone's thoughts are with the people of Ukraine as, as they go through this awful situation. Well, you're you're in news media. You saw after Katrina the role that, that uh, media played. It was so powerful. We both had the opportunity to be part of teams that, that won Pulitzer Prizes after Hurricane Katrina. But what is so so powerful and what i've talked about numerous times on the show is the role that media is going to play in this war in the tyrant days you could control the media and the day that we're in today you can't and everyone is a reporter and what's what's happening is every ukrainian with an iphone is recording what's happening around them and you're getting you're getting to see i mean as ugly and as sad as as it is you're getting to see from all of their eyes what's really happening there and it's not good and it's i think you know the role that social media will play the the role that this new technology will play and uh, and this war is something that Putin underestimated and i i've said it multiple times on this show that when you live in an age when one call to Elon Musk can change whether an entire country gets internet access or not, that's a new. That's a new. That's we're in a different place, aren't we? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, that that's that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. But how things have changed with the advent of technology. You know, I was just having this conversation with Steve Gleason uh, the other day because uh, you know he he brings up the fact that you know Lou Gehrig had. Uh, ALS, obviously Lou Gehrig's disease it was, didn't have the technology that Steve is now blessed with where 
you know, he can live his life with this you know, horrible disease, but technology makes it uh, possible for him to communicate and, and have a, a, a life, a pur purpose-filled life that Lou Gehrig was not blessed with. And Steve was saying that he's been meeting with some of the, you know, the founders of, of Microsoft and uh, Google. And he said he's convinced in 10 years that he's not going to have a tablet anymore to communicate, that it will go straight from his brain and he'll be able to actually just go right to communicate through his computer from his brain. He's not going to have to type with yeah. his eyes. It's I, you know, it's, it, it may be possible. I mean, I know that I know that one of Le Elon Musk's companies actually is doing the Neuralink technology. Yes. And, um, you, know, it, you know, if you think about where technology has come, what has happened just in the last 10 years and the way that it's merging with medicine and, and how, you know, one of the things about Neuralink is it's, you know, looking at going in and making changes so that people can see again. Or, you know, not that they're doing this now, but that's the goal uh, to, to deal with parts of your brain that deal with diabetes and, and other muscular diseases and spinal injuries. And, you know, the list goes on and on the kind of incredible research that they're doing. Man, when you put it all together, and especially you look at genetic science and what they're doing there. The I think that wouldn't it be something that Steve got to experience that in, in his lifetime? And I know you're close with him. You're working with him on a book. You actually were in his you 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 see in the parade. You're actually with with, with his little small yeah. crew, right? Yeah, we 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 marched or rolled, I should say, in the the Hermes parade on Friday of Mardi Gras, Friday before Fat Tuesday, and uh, that was an epic experience. I mean, it just shows you. Uh, I got. I knew this, but just to witness it firsthand, Ricky, to see just how beloved Steve is. Uh, you, you know, people were just going nuts. Uh, just that the sight of him in the parade route. We were in the six, right behind the six floats. So we were early in the parade, and uh, look, I mean, people were bursting through the barricades to get selfies taken with him on the parade route. And JJ Reddick was there, former Pelicans player, and he came out with his family. Uh, it, it was just a a unbelievable kind of New Orleans experience and uh, it couldn't have been a better night and it was just really gratifying to see people uh, show so much love to Steve uh, you know I know it meant a lot to him and his family what's so amazing as you've said this before and we've shared this on the show before but he's so courageous but he doesn't want his story to be about about his disease he, he really wants his story to be about his leadership in the moment and that he's he continues to live his life, continues to have a family, continues to make his mark on society. And I'm not surprised to hear that he was out in Silicon Valley meeting with some important people. And he's just not going to let any grass grow on him, is he? No. I mean, he's, he's one of the most inspiring. He probably is the most inspiring person I've ever met. I mean, he's changed the way I live my life. And, I, and he surrounds himself, Ricky, with these other amazing people, like the Team Gleason folks are just incredibly inspiring people themselves. I mean, they're so selfless, smart, caring. Uh, and so everyone in Steve's orbit is just kind of a, a great person. And so you can't help but be inspired being around people like that. And the, the changes that they're bringing to ALS, and uh, they're on the forefront of that. And it's all because of Steve's leadership. And he says it all the time. He's having a much greater impact on this world his post NFL career than he ever did as a football player. And I think that's, that's without question, uh, what keeps him, one of the things that keeps him going. 
Hey, so we'll talk about the Saints here in the second half of the show. Um, you and I talked about about uh, the Pelicans and challenges that they're going to have and challenges they are having, and uh, you know what what the future of Zion is going to be. You see in trade rumors and blah 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 blah. So, what's what's your latest thinking on Zion's situation and the team situation? Well, I think it's such a fluid situation, Ricky. I think it could change week to week. But right now, there's definitely a disconnect between the Zion camp and the Pelicans camp. There's no doubt about it. And it's, it, that doesn't mean it's irreparable, that it can't get fixed at some point. But I think the best hope for Pelicans fans is that they just traded for C.J. McCollum, who is the president of the NBA Players Association, one of the most respected players in the league. I think with McCollum on the roster now, and Willie Green, who's doing such a great job in his first year as coach, I think if they can ever get Zion back in the building and get him in the hip pocket of C.J. McCollum, they could iron this thing out and keep him in the fold. But right now, it's definitely, I think, tenuous for his yeah. future. And I don't know if he's going to play again this year. It doesn't, doesn't sound like it. I saw uh, you know, where there was a story written about the potential of uh, a trading for Ben Simmons. But again, a lot of clickbait. You and I have talked about this before. But Zion, because of the situation and because of his incredible talent and at least the opportunity to emerge as, if he can mature into one of the greatest players ever, assuming he can come over overcome his physical issues, um, it's not a surprise to me to, to to read all of the speculation around him. I mean, there's just a huge buzz about him and the team right now, isn't there? Yeah, he's got such tremendous star power. I think he might be the uh, you know the player that ended the NBA with more buzz in the social media era, uh, you know, of any athlete and, and that might be working to his detriment a little bit because he's had so much come at him so so quickly in his career uh he's got a lot of people pulling at him he's you know makes he has a huge contract with jordan brand nike his other endorsement deals and he can't get on the floor right now he's had so many injuries he's played 85 games in, in entirety of his three-year career that's one season basically uh so it's he's had a very unfortunate start and it hadn't helped matters that the guy drafted right behind him, John Morant, by the Memphis Grizzlies, is leading Memphis to this incredible run that they're on and uh, really is emerging as a superstar in the league. And it's really unfortunate for the Pelicans that they haven't been able to get the same kind of production out of Zion. Fox Sports had a headline that said the Pelicans' $200 million Zion problem that could shake up the NBA. And that's very possible. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a good source there. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful speculation. But you think about what the trade could do is pretty significant. Um, we'll finish that part of the conversation and see what the latest is on the Saints when we come back with Jeff Duncan. See you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picking You. Hey, before we finish talking about Pelicans real quick, I, I read that headline from Fox Sports that said it's a $200 million problem that could shake up the NBA. Why, why, do, they, why, why do you think that they see it being so significant? Why, why, why shake up the NBA? NBA. Well, I mean, if, if Zion does not sign, if the, if the Pelicans don't offer him the $200 million maximum extension, that would make uh, the first number one overall pick in the history of the NBA that hasn't uh, taken that maximum extension because it's just so much more money than he can get anywhere else. And the NBA put that into the collective bargain agreement so markets like New Orleans can hang on to players like Zion when they get them. These smaller markets can can keep them. It gives them incentive to stay in New Orleans. The fact is, the Pelicans might not offer it to him because he's been so hurt. They might not want to tie up that kind of money into him. That would certainly send a signal, Ricky, that he would be available for the trade market. And a player like him uh, could generate a huge uh, return for the Pelicans if they decide to go down that route. So there could be a lot of dominoes falling around the league if a guy like Zion makes it to the uh, to the trade market. Okay. Let's go to the Saints. So uh, recently, the, the, the ghost of Sean Payton continues to haunt Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Um, you know, w- what's your thoughts on these these continued rumors about he's going to spend a year in maybe the booth and TV and then go to go coach at Dallas? Well, I mean, look, anything's possible, uh, but I don't think there's any plan to do that uh, at all. I, I think I think Sean right now is really interested in doing TV. I know he's going to do TV. He's certainly a candidate at Fox. He's a candidate with Amazon, I think CBS. Uh, he's talked to all the networks and streaming channels. Uh, so he's going to do TV. And, and I think once he starts doing it, he may like it. And he, who knows? He might end up being the next Bill Cowher and just never go back to coaching. Uh, I don't think there's any plan here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Mike McCarthy is a really good coach. And I, I don't... I don't think he's going to fail. I think they're going to be very good next year. So they'd have to fire him to get Sean Payton. And I just don't see that happen. I think Dallas, uh, they had a very good year this year. They won 12 games. Uh, so I don't know why they would even want to move on from Mike. And of course, Mike McCarthy is now responding to that speculation. So I guess he's getting, getting tired of it himself. Hey, so, um, We've talked a lot about the Saints receiving court. <clears throat> Michael Thomas, all signs are he's got the right attitude, wanting to come back, that he's healthy, they've restructured his contract. Um, is that consistent with what you're seeing? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that they restructured him tells you he's going to be around here for sure. And I've heard nothing but good things about uh, Mike Mike Thomas. Matter of fact, Mike Thomas is the one that recommended the Saints just hired a new strength and conditioning coach away from Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, this guy's very well respected, and he was one of the, uh, Mike Thomas is one of the people that recommended him. He's worked with him before, so I think that's a good sign too that uh, the, the organization's listening to Mike Thomas on things like this. Uh, so I think getting him back, and we know there's still obviously some questions about uh, the potential of a suspension for Alvin Kamara. So having Mike Thomas in the lineup will certainly help uh, because he's obviously a dynamic playmaker. You keep hoping you're going to see another side to the story that we don't know about that the video missed as it relates to Alvin Kamara, but there doesn't seem to be some bucket of gold at the end of the rainbow that's going to somehow, you know, show that he's 
didn't do what he's it appears he did. You're not hearing anything other than that as well, are you? No, I haven't heard anything on that front. Um, obviously, a very concerning situation for the Saints. Uh, we had never seen really Alvin Kamara have any kind of off-the-field issues throughout his career here, so it's a very uncharacteristic of him to be involved in something like this, and uh, I think it's unfortunate because it's probably going to cost the Saints their best player uh, for multiple games starting this upcoming season. Very, very unfortunate. Hey, by the way, before we get too far off the strength and conditioning coach from Alabama, you know, the, the strength and conditioning coach has a strength and conditioning role that they play, but they're often also motivators behind the scenes. They they spend a lot of time with the players. They bring them together. What's the book on this guy coming from Alabama? Well, I think the Saints really were interested, and he's kind of on the cutting edge of a lot of new sports science. Um, uh, you know, I think they were interested in that, some of the advances that he has brought to the Alabama football program. Now, there was a bidding war that went back and forth. I mean, he came in to the Saints and, and was interested in coming here, and Alabama uh, offered him a, a new contract, and, and then the Saints came back and won up that. So this guy was in demand, and to get somebody like that away from Nick Saban is not easy to do. Uh, yeah, so that program's, let's face it, you got great security if you're, if you're the coach there. For, so for him to leave, I think, says a lot about the New Orleans Saints and the culture and the perception of their organization. They can get somebody like that out, of, out from under uh, Nick Saban's watch. That's exciting. And, of course, that's one of the first moves our, our new head coach made. So yep. uh, he, he, I think he knew pretty much going in what he wanted to change, and, and uh, that was one of the changes he wanted to make. And he found him a good one, it sounds like. You know, if you do a search on NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, and you've talked about this before, I don't know if we've ever gone into a season where there's been so much fury around you can bring a top-level guy in and win immediately. This whole notion of waiting and waiting and waiting and building. You know, the fact that you can add somebody today like L.A. Rams have done, like 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 Tampa has done, and, and, and win immediately. There is a major, major competition for the best quarterbacks, if there are best quarterbacks out there. And so as a result of that, you're starting to see a a lot more talk now about the possibility of re-signing Jameis. What, what, what are you hearing behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't you know, I don't think they've really gotten to the point yet where they know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't think it's changed much. Um, Dennis Allen said uh, way back uh, at his introductory press conference, it's the number one issue for this team, figuring out the quarterback situation. I think they're going to explore all options. And I think one of those options would be bringing back Jameis Winston but I don't think that's the only option they're going to look at because it's too important a position. This team is playoff ready if they can get a quarterback in there. Now, Jameis looks like his rehab is going very well. He started running again, which is pretty amazing considering you know how serious that knee injury was. Uh, but that's got to be factored into the equation uh, for any kind of market, whether it's the Saints or anybody else. I mean, he's a free agent, so he can sign yeah. anywhere. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of demand he gets and what, what kind of teams he attracts. But like we've talked about it before, Ricky, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a very good team. Without Ben Roethlisberger, uh, they need a quarterback. Tom Brady retires. Uh, so the Tampa Bay Bucks just one year removed from winning the Super Bowl, that's a good team. So there's a lot of competition for these top quarterbacks. 
so I don't think it's cut and dry that the Saints can just get Jameis Winston because I think somebody else might have interest in him as well. I read some t- Tampa Bay articles in the last couple of days um, from from writers that were sort of evaluating the team and sort of reading the team and how they feel about it. And the way one of them described it was it's really beginning to sink in <laughs> life after Brady. And, and you know, really, I mean, it's a good team. As you know, they got a, they, they've got they, – they, they're ready. They're ready to go too. And, and so they have the same kind of thought about this. If you read it, it's, it's literally you could write it, Jeff, you know, thinking about – Life after Drew Brees, and 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 what what that really means to our team, and whether our team is really ready to win or not, and it is ready to win, and Tampa's of course ready to win, so it's going to be a bidding war out there, isn't it? Yeah, I tell you, going back to Tampa, I mean, they've got a lot of issues because that team is they kind of brought everybody back last year and went all in to try and win another Super Bowl, and now that Brady's retired, there's a lot of guys need to get paid on that team. And I don't think they're going to be able to pay everybody. So guys like you know Chris Godwin, great receiver, is going to be a free agent. Uh, they've got some serious decisions to make this offseason as well. So the NFC South is wide open, Ricky. I, I mm-hmm. think if the Saints can solve their quarterback situation, uh, they have every reason to believe they could win the division next year. Because I, this Tampa team, I mean, Ali Marpet, they're great offensive lineman. He just retired along with Tom Brady. So they've, they've got some issues. And, and we know Atlanta... Uh, they're still kind of hovering around 500 in Carolina, trying to build under Matt Rule, but their quarterback situation is kind of a mess with with um, Sam Darnold not really producing. So I think the Saints have every reason to believe that they could be back in the playoff hunt, especially if they can fix quarterback. Well, look, you and I have talked about this. You know, every week we talk about this. But anything new on the free agent side? We, we, you know, we're concerned about potential losing some, some, some of our good, better players. And then there, you know, what's the talk of maybe trying to land somebody? What you, what you hearing? Well, they've got to get under the cap. That's the thing. They've already restructured a couple of deals to try and uh, create some cap room. Or uh, they're not going to be big players in free agency if they can't uh, get under the salary cap. And they've got to do that before the league year starts. Uh, here the second week, I think it's second week of March. So they got a lot of work to do on that front. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to retain Teron Armstead. He's going to be the top free agent tackle on the market. Uh, those guys demand around $20 million a year. I just don't think the Saints can get into that into that uh, you know market for him. And he's your starting left tackle and a good one and a leader in the locker room. So to me, that's one everyone needs to watch. Uh, because he's going to, I think, have some high demand uh, when he becomes free agent. It's uh, a dynamic offseason. Maybe one of the most dynamic ever. Probably is, actually, when you consider where the Saints are and the opportunity to win, et cetera. Some really critical moves have to be made. Anyway, Jeff Duncan, you've been terrific as usual. We'll see you next week, my friend. Thanks, Ricky. Talk to you soon, buddy. You bet. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.